0: welcome you are listening to audio from the table if you'd like to learn more about our community or donate to this ministry please visit the table i was getting very <laughs> emotional up here <laughs> i'm so proud of them um i really am this is like i don't know I told them, like, it's a big deal to me, not just because it's such a huge deal that they're on the stage, but it's a big deal to me because I want, I want to create a community where our teens are part of it and where our kids are incorporated and not just behind walls all the time. And this is part of our heart. When we started the table, it was part of my heart to see us learn to let them lead us every once in a while and learn from them. And so tonight is like our first Big, I mean, we've doing, been doing tiny steps, you know, but I feel like this is like our first big step to, to say like, yes, we are committed to this as a community, as a body, not just, you know, certain individuals are like, yeah, cool, we like teenagers. <laughs> but <laughs> as a community, we want their voice in the mix, you know. So that's what tonight is all about. So I hope you were greeted by the cutest of all people out by the door, and I hope it just transitions you all the way through the service. Um, so I wanted to um, give you a little bit of just some background and info on what we've been talking about in youth over the past year, and then I want to hand off the mic and let you hear actually from a couple of our teens about their, you know, let them share a little bit of their own journeys with you. Um, but just to preface Y'all, like exactly one year ago in January, we had our first teen meetup night, like official meeting um, right here in this room after the service, and we've continued on Sunday nights after the service. This is where we meet, and um, it's been really, really amazing. But what I could not have anticipated was having the most—I'm just going to— censor myself we have a really amazing youth team (laughs) you fill in the blank there (laughs) they are that they are they are the best team I could have ever ever asked for of leadership and um I I just want to name them really fast I'm just gonna admit y'all saw Michael but Michael could you stand up and Abby could you stand up and Marissa could you stand up (laughs) I love them so much, so much, and I'm so grateful for their leadership, y'all, because some of them, y'all can sit down now, but some of them regularly are getting here, like at two or three, to start set up and help with other things, and then staying after service till like eight o'clock, well, we... Finish at eight. (laughs) Hopefully we leave the building by nine. But anyways, I mean it's a long day for them. So I just had to take a minute to say, like, they're incredible, but not just because of the time they give. They are the most high quality people I have ever been on a youth team with. And I have been on youth teams before at other churches. And I'm telling you, there this is the phrase. For those of you who are like, oh bummer, I like real sermons where I can like take notes and really get into it. Here's your quote for the night. You can write it down and say that you took a note okay but this is the best way I could ever describe this team and I'm going to steal it from a good dear friend of mine Juanita Johnson who helped us start this community and one of the things she taught me was Maggie you do not need the veneer of perfection when you have authentic love and we are talked about that as a team when we started. Like, listen, we're not here to pretend like we have some awesome youth program at the table. We're a very small church all of us have day jobs. <laughs> we don't, you know what I mean? We, it was like a very loaves and fishes thing. Like, okay, God, we do have a heart for teens though. And we want to make a place for them. And we have this much to give. Like it's this tiny, it's Sunday nights after church. Is that enough? But I really, 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 they have authentic love that I, I've never, ever gotten to be on a team with people like that that is so sincere and so high quality. I just, anyways, so I love them. And we um, all like divide up the responsibilities each week of bringing food to these teenagers because really, I think that's, we could leave after eating food and they're like, great, we loved it. (laughs) Thanks for the food. Um, But bringing food and we play games together and we, um, Michael, Oftentimes is leading us in worship, and that last song that we did, he, he introduced us to that, and that's just been our go-to for months. Um, but um, and then um, oftentimes I will volunteer to help lead our discussion or scriptures, and sometimes the other adult leaders to do too as well. But um, we've kind of bounced around on topics. We we started out by just talking about different passages of scripture and looking at them and seeing how they relate to our lives or, you know, what do we maybe have to learn from this or can we relate to it at all? And um, I feel like those early months at the beginning, we were all just kind of like figuring out how to be together. (laughs) And then um, coming into the summer, we started looking into the Psalms and we started reading Psalms and talking about this theme of looking up. At the time, just right before, like at the end of the fall, I happened to watch that movie, don't look up. Have any of you seen it with Leonardo DiCaprio? And then I was reading Psalms and I was like, oh my gosh, you know what the theme of Psalms is? Look up, keep looking up, look up again. And the Psalms is the most amazing book of the Bible that is so raw and so real. But the thing about it that's amazing is I feel like this generation, they're good at real. Like they are not big fakers. They don't. They're not impressed by people faking. They don't like it at all. And they can sniff it out and tell you like immediately, like that's so fake. I'm not even. Mm-mm, I'm not into it. They hate. You know what I mean? They hate that. But um, the flip side, though, is when you get into the Psalms, you can't just have raw and real all the time. There's no depth there. Just honesty by itself is not enough. But if you take your honesty and then you turn it and look up and say. I also know that what I'm experiencing isn't the whole story. My life is one little corner of this really huge, massive universe, and there's other truth out there as well as mine. So mine is true, and I need to be honest. I need to be real and raw before God, but I also need to take this raw, real experience and look up and put it in context of this larger truth, this larger reality of God and and the cosmos, and you know what I mean. Let's be rooted and grounded in something bigger than ourselves. Um, so that's that was sort of our theme for the summer, and then coming into the fall, I just we started looking at some scriptures because we started. Um, We started with like Advent season and all of that and talking about um, Isaiah and looking at who the Messiah was going to be and what was he like. And there was this one guiding question that I would always ask them to keep in the back of their minds when reading scripture. Anybody want to just volunteer a hand? Look, Eden knows. What is the question?
1: How does this uh, passage like change your context of like who God is or like inform your context of who God is?
0: A plus Eden, A plus. Well, we just kept talking about when you read scriptures and when you read about Jesus, be asking the question, how does this inform my concept of who God is? And that was kind of what we spent our time on during the fall. But Marissa, do you mind sticking your head in there and grabbing? I think I left my purse in there, which has my phone in it, which has the quotes that I wanted to read. I'm pretty sure. Um, That black backpack leather purse but as of recently, we transitioned to talking about faith and what is faith. And um, I, wa- I want to read these because I actually started jotting down notes during um, some of our times together as a group. The red phone, is it in there? Oh, you're awesome. Thank you. Um, but um, so organized here, guys. Yeah, here we go. Um, we talked about the fact that the word faith is used in so many contexts in our culture, and it can be used in so many ways, so many different parts of speech. Faith can be like a noun, almost the same way you talk about a house. We talk about faith like, oh, what faith did you grow up in? Oh, what faith, you know, did you come from? Like, it's a place or, you know, a thing or an object that you could like find or lose. Where did you find your faith? When did you find your faith? You know what I mean? Have you lost your faith? And um, oftentimes, it operates like that. Other times, it operates like an adjective, like describing a person or like an attribute of theirs. Like, oh my gosh, she has such strong faith. Oh my gosh, they are so faithful. You know, like these. this word faith is one that we hear a lot, but it's kind of used in so many different ways that it can become a very abstract concept in our lives. And um, I asked the teenagers, well, uh, the other one, it can be used as a verb, right? And faith is something that you're acting out and walking out. So I asked them, like, what do you think? What do you think faith is? Is it a noun? Is it a verb? What, what is it? Um, so I wanted to read some of their words to you. Um this one came from Jeremiah because Jeremiah is our resident theologian <clears throat> sitting right here in front of you. If you ask Jeremiah a question, he will find the correct answer to the question immediately. <laughs> there's no such thing as like, "Hmm, Jeremiah, what do you think?" He's like, "Oh no, I'll tell you actually what is true." <laughs> there's no opinions here, there's only facts. So he did. He looked it up, and he was like, um, faith is a promise, and um, it is oftentimes also called a promise to believe. Do you remember that? What, what was that? I, I
2: looked it up in the, the oh, my God, do not do that. Um. <laughs> oh,
0: Sorry, I freaked him out. I want them to hear what you were saying.
2: Um, I went to the Dictionary of Biblical Languages, and in Greek, that's what the word means, not in English. It's different in English.
0: There we go. See? I mean, resident theologian. So, um, so we started there. Um, but then we got into these other discussions, or it kind of led us into looking into some scriptures. And um, someone said, I would say faith is a verb because it's often at times, like when I'm laying in my bed alone at night, that I start to think about God and whether I even know God or understand him at all. But faith is what I'm doing When I'm trying, faith is my best attempt at understanding a relationship with Jesus. Isn't that so beautiful? I was like, can you say all of that again while I write that down? Someone said, I would say that faith involves more trust than it does belief. Trusting is harder than believing. Trusting has to do with relenting. And that's where true faith happens. Someone else said, Maybe faith is trans. It appears like a noun on the surface, but underneath it demands an action, a call to action. Who said that? I don't know. And then one of my favorites. I'd say faith is like friendship. The title means nothing. It's all about the follow through. Isn't that good? See, y'all should be taking notes on this. Um, The last one, and and J.J. helped us with this scripture, was we studied James chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. I did leave a lot of scriptures out there. <laughs> is that, I'm just thinking, JJ's probably like, actually, you just skipped over like eight sentences. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing for time. But that is, like, that is like the meat of what's happening on Sunday nights after youth. And I just love it so much. And I wanted to give, um, Noel and Eden had both volunteered to share a little bit of their own story. So I wanted to ask them to come up. If you guys would welcome them, please. Have a seat. Have a seat. (laughs) I'm going to borrow this green mic, so Noelle can have this one. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Me and you both. Okay. So um, I asked Noelle and Eden if I could um, just have them share a little bit of their own journeys, but to get to make it a little bit um, easier to know where to start, I sent them some questions. And, um, let me go to the right note here, guys. Um, I'm gonna start with Eden. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Eden, can you tell us what grade you're in? Um, I'm in 11th grade. And what high school are you at? Allen High School, guys. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> junior at Allen High. And um, so the question that Eden was like, yeah, I think that's, that would be an easy one for me to talk about was, how does your walk with Christ today look different than it did in earlier years? How has it changed or how has it taken on new meaning? Okay,
1: so I feel like to fully answer this question, you kind of have to know what my faith meant before. Um, and so let's travel a little bit back to when I was born and raised and baptized in the church. And I forget, I should have asked my parents what kind of church, but it wasn't non-denominational. But later, we did move to a non-denominational church in like my toddler years. Um, And 11 or 12 years after we moved to that church, it we moved to a new building because of the demanding space we were growing too much um and then suddenly we couldn't make that space work um we were losing money rapidly and we eventually had to close the church and that was one of the first times that like i really felt like so disconnected from God. Like I, I just didn't understand and it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and I still like, I was lost from church, but I don't think like my faith was like displaced. Um, I don't think my faith went with it. I still had like the Bible stories from when I was a kid and, you know, like that's still foundational faith that, um, I think was really key in that. And then um, that was all good and well until about sixth grade. Um, I have a distinct memory of being in the shower and just thinking like, oh no, I like girls. And it was like this, it wasn't this, oh, freeing experience. It was, oh no, what am I going to do? you know, where do I even go? And I had so many questions and so little resources and people to talk to. And I didn't even think being queer and being a part of the church was an option like that had never, that would never have come to mind for me. And I just knew so deeply that I knew who I liked and I didn't I said that I was saved at that point, but I don't really feel like I had a great relationship with Jesus um, because I was just like always raised. And I don't feel like there was a distinct like now this is my life to Jesus. Like I feel like it was just always kind of like that. Um, And so during COVID, um, I, well, first I came out as a lesbian. And then during COVID, I, really really found my faith like I Got so many theological books um, some that I have never read Um, but But they're sitting there just to prove it to you guys Um, No, but they're it's really great. I think I should loan some to JJ Um, anyway so I really really found my faith and um, I knew that these two things, I couldn't, I couldn't give away anything. I couldn't compromise. Um, and this is when I found out about, like, I started, um, I was still struggling with that. I started doing devotionals online. I have an Instagram page still. Um, I haven't posted in it in a month because of the musical but. It's it's there, and I'm going to get to it. I promise. Um, but I had just posted, like, quick devotionals on it, like 10 minutes or so. And it really, like, furthered my faith in God. And I wasn't doing it just to spread the word to other people. I was also doing it for my own faith because it was such a learning experience. And I feel like I've been told I'm a good speaker. <laughs> so I feel like I can relay a lot to, like— a teen level, I guess, Um, and so when I started my devotional page, um, I got, I was out um, at this point and I got an Instagram DM, Um, it was from someone that I had never talked to, I never asked them any questions, um, never asked for their opinion, Um, and they just gave, gave it to me that you can't be doing this. Like, this isn't right. What you're doing is wrong and you can't like, and you should know that it's wrong. You like, just basically that, like it was no ambiguity. Like they were being very direct and very like, oh, this should, like, you should already know this, like What you're doing is wrong. And it was so extremely hurtful to me that someone I had never talked to could care so much um, about what I'm doing with my life to the point where they reach out to me. Um, And that had really broken a barrier between me and whatever else that I really thought was out there trying to get at me, trying to, make me feud on these two sides. Like it really became real in that moment. And so um, she made me question myself so much more. And then I found um, one of my good friends, Mally Bohm. And I don't know if that's how you pronounce her last name. I've never asked. Um, but she's, she's a pastor at um, a McKinney... Mm, I'm not gonna say what denomination I but it is like one of the older hymnal denominations. And although it wasn't for me, it was uh, the first queer affirming church that I had ever seen. And this was during COVID still. So I literally, I sent in an email saying like, could we talk like, and so we called up and I just, I was like, explain to me theologically, why I'm not in the wrong. like, And she basically told me, she she did explain to me, and then at the end she said, you know, you can go your whole life shoving this away, and you can keep doing this, um, but it's never going to change. And trust me, I've talked to so many people who have done that, and it hasn't changed who they are. And that has really stuck with me. Um, And then I came out, well, not really. (laughs) Um, But I realized I am trans and it was a slow transition to where I am as he, him today. Um, But I feel like so much better about my queerness and my transness and my faith. And like, I feel so rooted in both that it's not even a question to me anymore. Like if I'm valid doing what I am, I'm in being who I am. And people say so many things about, um, queer people and trans people from all sides and from all sides, Christian people. And it, felt for a very long time like a tug of war, and like the queer people were against the Christians, and the Christians were against the queer people and I've found a place where it's not like that, and that has been one of the most you know beautiful things that so I would just like to thank you all for making this happen because this has been a space that has really founded my faith. Um, and has been really integral in my journey. Um, And then in closing, I just, I want to talk a little bit about um, how I feel my journey is to be a light for specifically queer people, but also Christians to just open up their mind just a little bit more and think that like, more things can be possible than what they really perceive. And just to be like a leader. And I've gotten so many people um, text me because I um, will post about my faith quite often on Instagram and just text me like, I had no idea that that you could be both. Like, Like genuinely shocked. And I feel like it's so normalized in this space that sometimes we forget like people are genuinely like, I've never met another person like this. Like it is, it's one of the most amazing things that I can do for other people is open that door. And maybe even if it's not changing people's minds, it's planting a seed, a seed of doubt, a seed of faith, whatever it is um, that really begins to show in people. And um, I promise I'm just a little bit longer, but I had a few more scriptures that um, I remember reading when I was going through this whole transition and um, really, that really stuck with me. Um, And this is uh, Isaiah 43, one, and it says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I called you by your name. You are mine. Then there's another one. It's Galatians 3.28, and I I love this one. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. And I remember using this in a talk about, I actually did a devotional um, a little bit back called um, Everyone Has a Place at the Table. yeah i think it it, even before i knew this church existed kind of foreshadowing a little bit i guess um but and i had people from that be like i've never heard that like i belong you know especially in a christian context um and so and then i brought in another scripture about um that the human body has many parts but Many parts make up the whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. This is 1 Corinthians twelve, twelve through 13. And um, I feel like without the queer people in the church, we have lost the body of Christ. And... Um, yeah, that's, that's where I think I'm going to leave it. Um, but thank y'all for making this happen and just being a part of this. It really means a lot. So
0: good. Eden. thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay,
2: what's your name? <laughs> I'm Noelle. <laughs> Um, I'm a senior at Wiley High and this will like technically be my last year on youth, which is so sad. So, uh, that's why I was like, okay, well, this is going to be the only youth Sunday that I can really be a part of. So like, I got (laughs) to jump all in. I got to do it all. Right.
0: Everything. That's why, you know, yeah. (laughs) Yes. I did tell Noelle, I was like, listen, we need to take advantage of every opportunity we have together because this is coming close to an end and. We're not going there right now. We're not going there right now. We're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I wanted you guys to hear from Noelle um, because it feels, <laughs> it does feel extremely fitting to have her up here. She was like my first teen <laughs> when I was like, I want to do teen ministry. And Noelle was like all in, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's been with me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so, um, Noel. Yes. How is your faith informing your daily life, your future choices, your relationships or responsibilities? Like, what impact does it have mm-hmm. on your daily life? And with that, you can share maybe any challenges mm-hmm. that it presents presents as
2: well. So, yeah. So, in the minor household. We really like to... <laughs> yeah, woo! Woo! All right. Yeah. Let's We're big fans. fans. Um, we really like Enneagram, you know, just in general. There's a lot of people at the table who like Enneagram. Um, but anyways, so this is probably the easiest way for me to just explain, like, my mental... Like, I don't know how to explain the way I think. So I'm, like, a very, very strong three. And that basically means that, like, I get... Like, my joy, and I'm kind of, like, calmed down. Whenever I'm checking off lists, I'm completing tasks. And for me, it's hard because it's, like, when that's absent, when there's nothing to do, like, where is, like, where is me? Like, mm-hmm. who am I? And, uh, like, what am I doing? I just feel like, okay, I'm kind of empty. Like, where's where's the source of anything? And another thing kind of on top of that is along with those like, lists and everything. Um, Whenever something is not going to plan the way it is in my head, it is really, really, really hard for me to accept anything different. So one of the biggest things, and this is a way that faith has challenged me, but in a good way. Because there's times where I need to, and like, you know, my mom will remind me of this, or whoever will remind me of this. Yeah, also, yeah, go Karen, go Karen, Um, will remind me, like, (laughs) like you know okay so your plan it's not exactly like what you thought it was going to be that opens up the space for new opportunities to come into my life new things that I wouldn't have planned out for myself because obviously every plan that I am having is strictly my routine my opinion whatever but that's being so closed-minded Because I'm not opening up the space for new perspectives, new opportunities. And again, that's what I'm saying. That's how faith has challenged me, but in a good way. Because I'm able to kind of leave, sometimes I just have to remind myself, like leave it open. And we all have to remind ourselves sometimes, like we are not in control of the things that happen in our lives. Like, yes, we can control the way we respond, but a lot of the difficulties that we face, like, and all, you know, achievements as well normally those aren't going exactly how you planned. And things that are difficulties in my life mainly have led to higher points Mm -hmm. and points where I learn more about myself, where I'm able to kind of, you know, interact with more people. Um, And that's all because sometimes you just have to let go and have faith. And that's something I've struggled with. Mm -hmm. And it's something like as I've grown and matured, um, it's like one of the biggest things that I realize about myself is like, I'm just such a a planner and like very, very like bad anxiety, you know like that's just how I am, and everything needs to be perfect, and I need to please everyone but that's not the that's not the case. If you just leave it open for things to come to you um, then again, that just opens the door for people to walk into your life that you never thought would walk into your life. Um, opportunities and achievements there's been several times in my life where Like there's been a really, really low spot, but that has led me to a higher place that I didn't think I would be at Mm. and led me to be more comfortable in everything. And also just having faith that doing things for yourself, even if that means you're not pleasing everyone around you, that's what could be better for you in the long run. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how faith has like challenged me, but in a good way, just to kind of be like, hey, like... This is not all about what you think that your life should... Like, obviously, we all have goals, but it's like, you know, leave it open and have some faith and know that things will turn out, you know, they'll all turn out
0: okay, so. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of identity work there, Noelle. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it reminds me of the quote that I shared earlier with the student who said, uh, faith, what they say, is... Less like believing and more like trusting. Trust involves relenting mm-hmm. and allowing things to happen. You have to give up you know give up stuff to get stuff sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So good. Guys, can you please give them a hand?)